Hey guys, welcome to Crime. The rest is history. Before moving on to today's episode, I would suggest you all to listen to my disclaimer. So guys, as usual, as it's Sunday, so it's weekend. So let's go on to today's episode. It's none other than the Amityville Murders. It is the horrific true story of Ronald Defoe Jr. In November of 1974, Ronald Defoe Jr. slew his entire family and inspired one of the greatest horror stories of all time, the Amityville Murderers. Just the mention of Amityville, New York can send chills down your spine. After all, one of its iconic Dutch colonial houses made tops 10 list of haunted places thanks to the notorious Amityville murderers. It is almost entirely due to the 1977 book and later movie franchise The Amityville Horror. Though, despite the book's claims that it recalls the true story of hauntings within its walls, there's evidence that the residents of 112 Ocean Avenue, George and Katie Lutz, fabricated the story that became an urban legend. What wasn't fabricated, however, were the unimaginable murders that occurred in the home before the Lutz occupancy. In the early morning hours of November 13, 1974, six members of the DeFio family were slain in their beds within a .35 caliber rifle. 23-year-old Ronald Butch DeFoe Jr., the eldest child, confessed to murdering his entire family in cold-blooded. Dead were parents Lucy and Ronald DeFoe Sr. and his siblings 18-year-old John, 13-year-old Allison, 12-year-old Mark and 9-year-old John Matthew. The gruesome Amityville murders are regarded as a catalyst for the spirits haunting 112 Ocean Avenue. However, some argue that the D family were also the victims of the house. So, did an evil presence already reside at that house before the Amityville murderers? Or, and force a young man to kill his entire family? But what we do know is that Ronald D. Ford Jr.'s childhood was momentarily very comfortable but not content. His father was a domineering and abusive man and his mother seemed to fade in the background under his overbearing personality. From that, Ronald D. Ford Jr. grew increasingly troubled into a young adulthood. He began to rely on drugs and alcohol to cope. He lashed out physically and even threatened his father with a gun. Defoe's parents hoped that a weekly stipend and gifts would appease their troublesome son. By age 18, Ronald technically held a job at the family-owned auto dealership but rarely bothered to show up. So, on that day in 1974, 
it wasn't unusual that Defoe decided to leave work at noon out of boredom. He met with his friends at a bar, constantly calling his house to no answer and complaining about it to anyone who would listen. He eventually left. The next time anyone saw Ronnie, the entire town of Amityville would be changed forever. According to the book, American Mass Murderers by Valley Plaza, Defoe re-entered the bar around 6.30 a.m. yelling, You gotta help me! I think my mother and father are shot! Some patrons followed him back to the house on Ocean Avenue and became witness to a horrifying crime scene. Within, all six bodies were found in their beds, positioned on their stomachs. The victims appeared to be shot with a high-powered rifle at around 3.15 a.m. However, there were some things that don't quite add up. There were no signs of any struggle present on the bodies or evidence that they were drugged. No neighbors who were awake reported hearing any gunshots. Only the D4's family's dog barking into the night. Upon a police investigation, Ronald Defoe's alibi of being at work and then the bar began to crumble as police noted the family had been dead before 6 a.m. Defoe fantrically changed his story as he would several more times throughout the Amityville murders investigation. At one point, he claimed that the mob hitman Lois Felony killed his family and made Defoe watch. But Felony had a solid out-of-state alibi and soon Defoe confessed to the police what was assumed to be the truth. He murdered his family by himself. Defoe stood trial on October 14, 1975. His attorney, William Weber, mounted an insanity plea, stating that the defense heard voices that told him to kill his family. However, the prosecution argued that while the drug-abusing Defoe was indeed troubled, he knew what he was doing when he committed the Amityville murders. A jury convicted him on six counts of second-degree murder and sentenced him to six concurrent sentences of 25 years to life. In a later version of Ronaldo D. Jr.'s Change the Story, he alleges that his sister Dawn killed their father and then their distraught mother killed all the siblings. In this scenario, Defoe only killed his mother. Then, in another telling by Defoe in 1990, he has Don shouting all the Defoe's before he himself kills Don. There are yet other theories that place a second shooter in the house, though the stories of Amityville House being haunted are subject to debate. There is very little doubt that Ronald Defoe Jr. was present for the mass murder of his family in the home. But the question still lingers, is the Amityville house really haunted? 
Ronald D. Joe Jr. attorney William Weber was more involved in the law than you may expect. He claims that George and Kathy Lutz, the home next occupants for only 28 days, approached him about an idea for a book and said, We created this horror story over many bottles of wine. It is a hoax. Weber has since brought a lawsuit against the Lutz for taking the story of haunting to another publishing partner. He demanded a share of profits of a cool $60 million. Eventually, they settled out for quote for $2,500 plus $15,000 for his services connected with the book for subsequent movie. Whether you choose to believe the Amityville house is haunted or not, some interesting information is still out there. One of their sons, Daniel Lutz, claims that he was possessed by a spirit much like Reagan McNeil in The Exorcist. Their other son, Christopher, vehemently insists he did have run-ins with the paranormal, including the time he saw the presence as a definite as a shadow, in the shape of a man that moved towards him and then dissipated. Interestingly enough, both George and Katie Lutz took a lie detector test about their story and they passed. So guys, this is this this uh, was written by the writer Erin Kelly, which was updated on twenty first June twenty twenty. So guys, um, since when I was doing the research on this story, the horrific true story of Ronald D. Four, in his interview, he did accept that he did lie about the stories and everything. But the problem was like he was just like. any of us 23 years old teenager who was afraid because he knew because he was the only man who was alive out of all the members of his family and it's obvious that he will be the prime suspect so to escape from that he lied that's what the interview which he was given by a psychologist but then later when i think myself in the shoes of uh, ronald d four maybe because when he was just a 2 year old kid his father started abusing him and generally when the father abuses us we turn up to our moms right but his even his mother turned a blind eye to him so basically as an as a first son or even the very first child of the family he never received any love from his parents that led him to grow up in a abusive environment and any person who has grown up in that environment may have chances like he actually even he literally said in the interview that he didn't expect to kill them in the house he meant that he will kill them outside the house and that too he wouldn't do it by himself but rather hire a hitman for it that to only to kill his father but you know maybe maybe even it was so convincing sometimes that even his sister may have the thing because some of the investigation report says that there were the gun pouches you know when we shoot the Point three five caliber rifle because it's a shotgun and first of all nobody were able to hear the gunshot that is very tricky and second 
all the family members all even the 12 year old son the youngest to the uh, all the even the oldest that is the wife and the father and everybody had their stomach lying down and their head like that uh, i mean shot like that way you know for the first time the postmortem report the invest like the person who was in charge of it he literally thought maybe they were shot somewhere else and they were put inside the bed but later after the postmortem report it was actually that they were shot over there only and it was not somewhere else the murder didn't take place in some some other place so when you see sometimes no it's not any human can do it you know sometimes it may be the supernatural force or maybe what he said the stories maybe not add up or maybe because of his abuse thing and he was on drugs maybe he was spaced out and uh, he didn't know what he was taking up or what he was doing at that time or maybe his sister the 18 year old don maybe may have killed the siblings because he's he he accepted and he agreed that he killed his father and mother but the siblings he said it was his sister don but the problem is like nobody were able to believe him even after 31 years because after 31 years he accepted for an interview and that time this is what he said after 31 to 32 years of being in prison so you can imagine a person being under a prison and finally opens up his mouth and says this word but yeah we do agree i mean come on if i i mean i won't do that but then suddenly if this happens obviously the first thing i do try to do is like escape myself or try to make some uh, cook up stories or something to escape because anybody as a 20 year 23 year old teenage guy who isn't much of responsible in life because that's the you know entering of adulthood and you try to like that of being on drugs and alcohol and having a like abusive childhood and growing up and even being a 23 year old guy he still had to undergo all his abusive nature of his father and his mother never even helped him out and turned a blind eye so when you put yourself into his shoes maybe what he did for himself was maybe you know maybe but i i don't know i can't say anything but what i feel is like he shouldn't have killed those he should have just left them you know maybe he should have just found another life find found a family for himself something like that because 23 year old is a very young age where you tend to you know your blood is hot and you can do whatever you can achieve what you wish to but you know the achievements should be in a positive nature and not in negative by killing the whole family now he regrets he he literally said in his interview that he regrets and he's sick of it and sick to the sick you know he's sick of sick that is the word he exactly used that sentence so once you do a mistake it can't be undone because it's not written in pencil to erase it it's something you did it with the blood and it's not easy to remove <sighs> though it is a touching one to me because if i see his childhood and his like every human being deserves love okay every human being mainly from their parents uh, and that didn't come for him from both the side that touches a lot you know a way more anyway so guys um you know this is for the sunday weekend episode so guys do let me know the next horror stories you want and do follow my instagram and facebook pages my instagram id is lavnia underscore zeus and my facebook page is lavnia zeus you can follow me and text me personally about your favorite horror stories which you want me to podcast it on live or you can also tell me which crime stories you would love to know until then guys until the next episode this is crime the rest is history and this is your host lavnia zeus signing off
Adios.